Joe carries a serious responsibility. Come on, baby. Show the man your power, baby. Blast him! Give him some of that tone! Oh, man. It's showtime. I want you to smile and blow me a kiss for this one. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. Very auspicious beginning. Sure, a talk show. You know, people call it like a beast. It's all about the way. Okay, what ha what happens if I press one? Let me see. Pre I'm pressing one. Now what? Hmm. It's Chris T on the HoundNYC.com. This is Aerial View, a, f a completely live phone-in talk show. A phone-in talk show where the phone number is 760-422-5528. I know it's a hard thing to uh, wrap your head around. And, uh... We're going to try, you and I, together to wrap our heads around what the hell's going on out there. This was initially called the new and improved edition of Aerial View and then I changed the name at the last minute and now it's called the non-working class there was an article today in the New York Times I'm tired by the way of apologizing for the New York Times I feel like every time I say that I read something in the New York Times, I should follow it by saying, you know, that liberal rag or whatever the hell they call it, that fake news. But I still hold that we have to tether ourselves to something nowadays. We're being assailed on all sides. 
The winds are blowing. The winds of war, even, are blowing. Not just the winds. And it was fairly windy these last couple of days, and now there's one hell of a winter storm that's supposed to be coming through on Sunday. And, you know, when I begin to list things on this show, I start to feel like uh, Eddie Lawrence, the old philosopher. Is that what's bothering you, Bunky? Well, you get up and you show the world. You've got the stick to That's what's needed now. Some good old-fashioned stick to Where is it? Where is the stick to Used to be a guy would come up and just start punching in the face in the broad daylight for no reason whatsoever. You gotta have stick to You know, I aimed for Eddie Lawrence and I, the old philosopher, and I think I landed on Jimmy Durante, so all apologies, as they say. Uh, but this article is called, enticingly enough, Who Killed the Knapp Family? And it goes on to say, across America, working class people, including many of our friends, are dying of despair, and we're still blaming the wrong people. Now, this was uh, written by Nicholas Kristoff. And uh, Cheryl Wudun, and uh, published yesterday, but I, I saw it today, and it's it's a really interesting approach to the idea of um, what's gone wrong in this country since Ronald Reagan became president, namely this uh, sustained attack on the middle class, this sustained withdrawing of resources from the middle class, um, and the sustained attack on. Uh, their ability to earn a living, and so many other attacks that went on under the guise of, uh, you know, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and not relying on the government and all that Grover Norquist shit about we're going to make the government so small we could drown it in a bathtub. You know, that crap. Making people sign that no new taxes pledge, you know. The number here is 760 5528. My number is in Palm Springs. I am not. I am where this uh, winter storm is supposedly coming through. And uh, we don't know how much of it we're going to see here, but maybe folks to the west of us, who knows what you're in for? Because in, in the era of climate change, storms now, oh my God, there's just havoc wreaked all over the globe. And you look at certain places and you go, you're doomed, you're doomed, you're doomed. Maybe I'll be gone by then. I won't have to see you sink under the water. We're all sinking under the water. It's three feet high and rising. That's how high the water is right now. We have a, a president who's an utter, uh, just an utter nincompoop. If I'm going to use like Joe Biden era language. I can't wait till Joe Biden's out on the trail and he calls him an utter, you utter nincompoop. Oi. Joe, sit down for a minute. Oh, look, uh, look, here's the deal. I asked you not to oh, call me look, that. Uh, look, here's Come the deal. on, I, I, I've asked you several times. 760-422-5528-760, I call AV. Uh, but this, this piece by Nicholas Kristoff and Cheryl Wudun, who killed the Knapp family uh, in the Times... Starts with a picture of, uh, of uh, the matriarch of the Knapp clan, D. Knapp, visiting the gravesite of four of her five children. 
near her home in Oklahoma. So this story is a compelling one. And the story goes something like this, that across America, working class people, and I'm quoting now, including many of our friends, are dying of despair and we're still blaming the wrong people, unquote. And, uh, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try paraphrasing this story. But it goes like this. Ronald, this is the way I look at this, by the way. This is through my lens. I don't think I need to say that. This is my radio show. So if I need to issue that kind of dis- disclaimer, I will. I, I just don't know if it's necessary entirely. Because some things are, are perceived. They don't have to be implied. And if you're listening to my radio show, you might as well perceive my uh, my that th- what I'm saying is coming from me, and not from anybody else. So this is the, this is the way I see things. And it's interesting that in this uh, piece, the phrase "deep structural problems" is used, a nod to the kind of things that Elizabeth Warren has been talking about for a while now about deep structural change. To address deep structural problems. And they talk about this quote gnawing or cancer gnawing at the nation, unquote. That predates the current president and is larger than him. Suicides are at their highest rate since World War II. Again, I'm reading here one child in seven is living with a parent suffering from substance abuse a baby is born every 15 minutes after prenatal exposure to opioids america is slipping as a great power did that cra- did that get your attention if they go on to say about these uh, deep structural problems um a half century in the making going back 50 years happened under both political parties often transmitted from generation to generation. Only in America has life expectancy now fallen three years in a row for the first time in a century because of, quote, deaths of despair. Angus Deaton, Nobel Prize-winning economist, says, quote, the meaningfulness of the working-class life seems to have evaporated, unquote. Deaths of despair, by the way, mean... Uh, mortality from alcohol, drugs, and suicide. The number here is 760-422-5528. This is Aerial View. I am Chris T. here until 7 p.m. on the houndnyc.com and uh, every Sunday new Hound Howl programs at 3 p.m. And then Crash in the Party follows at 5 p.m. with Mark and Miriam, the doo-wop chop shop, of the air. And if you want to call here, the number is 760-422-5528. Joe, please. I've asked you now several times. Uh, so I, it's interesting because my mind will start running in a certain direction. Like the last few days, especially since the uh, the drone strike on uh, Suleiman, we, it's, it's been, things have been very weird, right? And by weird, I mean, like, do you think to yourself, uh, do I go into Manhattan today? Do I not? I mean, is this the day something horrible is going to happen again? Or, you know, is the grid going to go down while the train is in the tunnel and then I'm stuck in the tunnel? Or, 
get out the other end of the tunnel to find that uh, all my money's been drained out of my bank. I mean, I don't think all this anxiety is doing any of us any good, frankly. I, I, I keep reading that, uh, you know, psychiatry is in demand. Like, psychiatrists are having a booming time right now. Everyone's out of their fucking mind. And, uh... States keep legalizing marijuana and people keep... taking their painkillers. We're on the... We're in the... We're locked in this weird death spiral, is the way I look at it. It's very... I see it as... It's, like, very... Shakespearean. I mean, if I... I mean, if you really want to go back to the... To the base of it all. Drama. Sheer drama. I, this is all very dramatic. To watch this uh, slow motion death spiral. That uh, this country, nay, this planet is in. And, um... You know... There's nothing wrong with a canary in a coal mine. Canary in a coal mine told you get out of the coal mine. So... I will be one of those canaries. Sing like a canary. <laughs> but uh, anybody else who does too, well, kudos to you, I say. Kudos. So um, just to wrap up with this here article here, because, uh, you know, this is the upside down portion of the program. Aerial view since the relaunch Black Friday 2018. There's, there's been an upside-down update. Well, actually, since the, uh, the advent of the show Stranger Things. So I keep feeling like we're living, we're living in the upside-down. But after this guy, the Nobel Prize-winning economist, says, you know, meaningfulness of the working-class life seems to have evaporated. They go on to talk about this surge of, uh, quote, deaths of despair. And um, I do believe my brother's was an early one of those back in uh, 2011, whatever it was. But I would mark his death up to despair uh, and maybe uh, some untreated mental illness as well. So any number of things. The point is, although we keep talking about the stock market and how everyone's 401k is doing... And those are at record highs. Quote, working class Americans, often defined as those without a college degree, continue to struggle. If you're only a high school graduate or worse, a dropout, work no longer pays. If the federal minimum wage in 1968 had kept up with inflation and productivity, it would now be $22 an hour. Instead, it's $7.25 an hour. Unquote. The head of the world's largest hedge fund says, quote, I'm a capitalist, and even I think capitalism is broken. <laughs> Unquote. Ray Dallo, the founder of Bridgewater. Hmm. At Bridgewater, we have a motto. Give us your money. We'll do the rest. Hmm? What do you think? That'd be pretty good, right? Bridgewater. 
Give us your money. Now. Bridgewater. We want your money. We'll give you back more. Why are you looking at us like that? The number here is 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. My phone number. I'm so jealous of my phone number. My phone number lives in Palm Springs. And I'm here, shivering. In dirty Jersey. Why can't I change places with my phone number? That's what I'll do. Why didn't I think of this before? Oh my god. The number here is 760 So yeah, that's uh, the founder of Bridgewater. Bridgewater, give us your money now. And um, so uh, Andrew Yang in the last Democratic presidential debate said, quote, we have to stop being obsessed over impeachment and start actually digging in and solving the problems that got Donald Trump elected in the first place, unquote. Now, I disagree uh, about impeachment, and I wouldn't call it an obsession. So I disagree on those two things, Andrew Yang. But I agree with you that, yes, we do need... I mean, I think we can, uh, as they say, walk and chew gum at the same time. So we can impeach, but we can also start digging in and solving the deep structural problems that made people think... That Donald Trump, I bet he knows what he's doing. He runs many successful businesses and think of them for him. How bad could it how bad could he mess it up? After eight years of Obama. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like you know, what is the point of this show if not to allow me to indulge myself? When do you get to do that? Give me, you can't give me that one hour a week. What? You can't give me one hour a week, huh? Huh? Indulge myself? Huh? Just, just one hour a week? Out there right now, somebody's trying to call in. I just know it. Someone's picking up the phone. They start dialing 760. 422, maybe they get to the five, and then I think, no, no, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. Mouth is dry, hands are shaking. Well, you know what, friend? Just dial that 528 right after that 760-422-5. Come on, 760-422-5528, and... Let's chat for just a little bit about the working class. Because, you know, I happen to come from the working class. I think I know a thing or two about the working class. I grew up in a working class neighborhood, bordering on middle class. And uh, maybe we didn't know how, how quite idyllic it was. Maybe it was one of those things where if you look back and you go, oh, it was so idyllic. Maybe. But my dad was a mechanic. My mother didn't work. There was five kids. 
And somehow we squeezed by, squeezed by, just barely squeezed by. We had an above ground pool in the backyard. My father built a shed back there with a second floor. We called it the barn. Had a big empty room we can go up there and run around in and do stuff in. I had my first alcohol up there. Used to rehearse with the band up there. Cobra. Oh my god. Uh, there's a natural tension between wanting to remember the things that happened and that you experienced and then thinking, am I living in the past? Man, am I just living in the past? Huh? Is that what's bothering you, Bunky? <sighs> so, uh, the family mentioned in this article, the Knapp family, this woman, who, D. Knapp, who lost four of her five children. They, uh, they live in these community, it's the communities that have been uh, decimated by jobs disappearing, and when the jobs go away, the, uh, the, the feeling of dignity, uh, the, the feeling of productivity, the feeling of contributing, all those feelings that people like to have, they find that they're, uh, they're frustrated and that they, they, they don't feel those things anymore. And it's, and it's hard for them because uh, they feel like they gave a lifetime of service and then they get the shaft at the end, you know? And, and they want to know why. And they want to point fingers at somebody or they want an answer. Some people want a simple answer when the answer is complicated. So if you talk to them about how, you know, Ronald Reagan came along and decided to dismantle the quote-unquote welfare state brick by brick and pull back everything that uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt had fought for and won during his unprecedented four presidential terms, only ended when he died. He might have been going for a fifth, who knows. But, you know, the one with polio, that one. The one that was all noblesse oblige, you know? The one who, uh, some people say, through his polio, managed to figure out how to relate to those who weren't born in the wealth. That it was that misfortune that made him feel something like empathy. But who, who knows? All I know is that they'd been, they'd been itching and dying to get at it ever since it was implemented, this idea of a safety net, this idea that a society takes care of its own, and one of the things that government was put there to do is to do the things that private industry don't want to do because there may not be a profit in it, and the things they don't want to do because it's too expensive. And they sub they, What they did is they dismantled the whole idea of government as something that serves the people. Brick by brick, they tore it down. They said, no, you don't want to live like that. That's, uh, that's putting a hand out. And, and you, what you want is a hand up. Not a hand out. And then don't be one of these grabbers. Don't be one of these grabbers, one of these people always grabbing. Getting stuff. Getting something for nothing. See? And so uh, while they, they sold that idea, they also, you know, they went to their rich backers 
and they took a lot of money to do all kinds of things, change the tax laws and the regulations and whatever else they needed to change to say basically, yeah, well, you're going to, from now on, you're forking over more. What is this? You've been living high on the hog. You people have had it too good. You working class people. And uh, so we're going to make sure that we shift a lot of the wealth. Not all of it. We'll leave you a little bit because we do need you to somehow get to work on Monday morning. Go to our factories and ship those orders, damn it. So we'll leave you a little taste, but we're taking the lion's share. You know why? Because we're the innovators. We're the entrepreneurs. We're the big shots, see? With the money, see? And you do what we say, see? So? So? See? 760-422-5528. Aerial view on houndnyc.com for another half an hour. Join me by phone. 760-422-5528. We're talking about... What the hell? What? What are we talking about? What? Huh? Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You're right. You're absolutely... When you're right, you're right. You're absolutely right. What did I say? Well, then why are we arguing? I don't know. 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. Aerial View. Tonight on Aerial View. The, uh, as I call them now, the non-working class. The people who, uh, through no fault of their own, whatever happened to them, they are now paying the price for it. They lost their job for some reason. And now, and then there you are, see? And uh, so they're, they're hanging in like a, a Gunga Din or Arrow Flame, whatever, whatever. But, you know, by their fingernails, mostly. And I can relate. The changes I've been through since losing my job and the thoughts and the feelings that I've had to navigate. It is difficult. And you wonder how you're going to make it through. In my case, I have some advantages that other folks may not. I managed to sock away some money. If I live frugally, who knows? I might be able to make it to the next meteorite strike or whatever the hell is going to happen. Because nowadays, to go back to my initial point, you know, this age of anxiety that we are living in, anything could happen at any time. In the last week, our president did a drone strike, took out this, this no-goodnik. He was such a no-goodnik, this guy. He was killing Americans. Come on now. We draw the line at killing Americans. I mean, Canadians, yes, yes, them too. Okay, Canadians, sure. But they sure blew up a bunch of Canadians, didn't they? Now we know that Ukrainian airline, by the way, 
people leaving Tehran and flying to Kiev. That's got to be an interesting flight. I was going to say it's a Boeing 737. And see, that was the initially when the story came out. I, I remember my first thought was, oh, yeah, well, they blew it up. Bastards blew it up. They must have blown it up. That's what they did. They blew it up. They blew it up. That's what they did. They blew it up. I'm telling you. It's blown up. They blew it up. I'm telling you. And then, you know, it turns out that, yeah. Even though it was a Boeing 737, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the one that was, quote, built by clowns supervised by monkeys, unquote. Oh, that was great. Yeah, Boeing had to send all this paperwork to Congress. You know, they're investigating the 737 MAX. The plane that uh, crashed twice after being put into service. Not long before. Thereby leading everyone to think, guys, this plane is uh, probably no good. Probably shouldn't get on this plane. It's my thinking here. Don't get on that plane. And they found these emails and these text messages from uh, upper-level Boeing people, Boeing management. It's talking about how they wouldn't get on that plane, and oh, it's bad. It's bad. It's kind of fun in a way, though, to watch. But it's bad, because, you know, if it ends with people losing their jobs, those good working-class jobs, see, that's another blow, right? Against the working class. And I didn't really think about it a lot when I was growing up. I remember thinking that I knew people. I knew I had friends who, whose dads were like uh, in the professional class. They were they worked in banking, or they were doctors, or they were lawyers, or you know. And you'd go over to their house and you'd think there's a little more swank. Then you know, it's got more room. They got more room here. It's a little nicer than where we live. I mean, I like our house, but you know, this is nice. And uh, you walk around your friends' houses and you think, oh, yeah, well, that's uh, is this what they mean by see how the other half lives? I don't know. My mother's always saying that. You should see how the other half lives. But, uh, you know, I figure I did okay for where I came from. And I, I figure, uh, you know, I had a, and I will have a, a wonderful time doing what I ended up doing, namely radio. Always wanted to do radio, always thought I could do radio, and uh, professionally, no less. And I did for many years, and sometimes I look back on those years and I think, what the hell was that? Wait a minute, where's my think sound effect? What did I tell you last week? It's done on the phone. I, I want to know what happened to those pictures I asked to see last week. I mean... If someone around here can't use their fucking brain. I forgot what I was thinking now. The number here is 760-422-5528. There's uh, another scant. Let me see if I can do the math on the fly. 24 minutes left in the program. The program is Aerial View. Oh, yeah. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, you know. 
I went and did radio because I always wanted to do radio. I did radio for free for many, many years. Honed my craft. Honed it. Till it was well honed. And then I went and got paid. And that was good too. And now for one hour a week I come here to my office, my inner sanctum. I try to keep Roger, the cat engineer, on the other side of the door. He hates when the door closes. Doesn't want to, doesn't, he's like Shelly Winters in Lolita. Why is the door closed? Hum? Why is the door closed? Hum? Shelly Winters. She was something, huh? Just had a Shelly Winters moment. Just flashed through everything she's, she'd ever done, up to and including the uh, Roseanne, for God's sakes. Shelly Winters. Let's hear it for Shelly Winters. You know, the kind of people that call into these talk shows, they're not the brightest in the world. <laughs> oh, thank you, Shelly. Just as I'm trying to get people to call in to the show, you got to say something like that. That's great, Shell. Great. 760-422-5528. 760-422-5528. If you want to find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash call Aerial View. There's a nifty new Aerial View logo up there. Go and take a peek. It's, it's, a, it's a tribute to uh, my favorite racing colors. And uh, probably because my dad owned a golf station when I was a kid. And I always liked those colors, the, the blue and the orange. But I especially liked the colors on the Ford GT40 that, that, that raced under the golf racing banner. And uh, that, was a, that was a very certain... Blue, a very certain powder blue. Some people would call it, other people maybe not. And then uh, the orange, some people said was marigold. Other people, I don't know. That's not the point. The point is, I liked the colors as a kid because they really popped. Color combination really popped. And so I took those colors and that scheme and combined them with uh, an illustration from uh, Amadeo. From years ago. 2014, I believe, he drew that. And uh, I still like that illustration. So I, I, I like to... like to, I wanted to freshen things up after a year, you know? The old Aerial View logo, it's, it was me as a kid. And now I'm on there as, an, as a, as a full-grown man. Child. But before we're done tonight, I want to finish the story of the Knapp family as quickly as I can from this article that came out yesterday by Nicholas Kristoff and Cheryl Wudun in the New York Times talking about the death of the working class. But um, very wisely, they didn't call this the death of the working class. They called it who killed the Knapp family. So, you know, it pulls you right in because you want to know, like, who, who killed off an entire family. I wanted to know. Like, maybe it was uh, 
serial killer or something. You know, like one of those in cold blood situations. They're in the farmhouse, and then along comes, uh, you know, Robert Blake and his friend. And next thing you know, entire family's wiped out. But no, it was a metaphorical thing. Like who killed, or I guess a, a rhetorical thing. Who killed the Knapp family? Because really, it was the United States government, essentially, with its policies. That's the way I read it. I hope I didn't misread it. It's a fabulous disaster. It's a symbol, metaphor. He embodies the dementia of a nihilistic generation. He's a star. 760-422-5528. So, um, one of my favorite passages here, and by the way, Neil Peart is dead, if you hadn't heard it. Drummer of Rush. And uh, died, I believe, at the age of uh, 67. Drummer and the lyricist. Wrote many books. I may have interviewed him at some point. I, I have a vague recollection. But he was uh, battling brain cancer. And so he has merged with the infinite. And um, my uh, my condolences go out to his family and his friends and the people who admired him. And uh, all those Rush fans all over. And, uh, I, I, uh, I feel, feel for you. Because, you know, someday Jimmy Page is going to die. And then I'm going to be really upset. I, I, I said happy birthday to Jimmy Page yesterday. On my Facebook page, I wrote a, a, a long piece, and admittedly, uh, it used pieces of other things that I had written previously, but I hadn't really put out there. And so I combined them all to essentially say, you know, without Jimmy Page, I, I, my life wouldn't have gone on the journey that it did. That there's a direct line all the way back to him. And, uh, and I thanked him and, and, and I still asked him the tough questions in my mind that I would love to ask him if I ever met him or spoke to him. And if anybody out there can cut and paste that thing and get it to Jimmy Page, I would deeply appreciate it. He's 76 years old as of yesterday. And so whatever else you could say about the man, uh, I do believe he had quite the impact on the heavy rock and roll that I like. And, um, I do believe as well. That uh, they're done remastering and releasing their albums. So you don't have to worry about that anymore. You don't have to be like, every time one of those comes out, do I, hey, should I go out and get this thing? It's $189. I don't know. Dear God. And then you you stick with what you got. I got some LPs. I don't know what they sound like now. One of these days, I'll hook up my turntable. And, uh, and I'll, t- I'll let you know. I'll get back to you. We've got another 15 minutes left on the program. Aerial View on thehoundnyc.com every Friday live, 6 p.m. Replays on Tuesday at 6 p.m. And then it becomes a podcast wherever you can get podcasts. And uh, recently it showed up on the Acast site. Acast took over Pippa, who was the podcast provider of Aerial View. And... Uh, Acast bought them. I hope I'm saying it right. Is it Acast or a cast? I have no idea. Doesn't really matter. There's a website for this show. If you go to acast.com slash aerial view. And uh, the program's available on the Acast 
app as well. And then it's on uh, Google Play and uh, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and Spotify and Stitcher and YouTube and all that crap. Look for Aerial View. So, yeah, the Nap family. I don't want to abandon the Nap family here. Because I'm not done with the story of the Nap family because the uh, interesting part of this this narrative, the one of the things that took me in, and that I always thought about was that somehow this narrative of um, self-responsibility or responsibility for self or personal responsibility, um, but... As the article says here, quote, when you can predict wretched outcomes based on the zip code where a child is born, the problem is not bad choices the infant is making. So if we're going to obsess about personal responsibility, let's also have a conversation about social responsibility. And they they list these three factors and what we're seeing with these, quote, deaths of despair. First, well-paying jobs disappeared, and I'm reading again, partly because of technology and globalization, but also because of political pressure on unions and a general redistribution of power toward the wealthy and corporations. Hmm. Second, there was an explosion of drugs, oxycodone, meth, heroin, crack, cocaine, and fentanyl, aggravated by the reckless marketing of prescription painkillers by pharmaceutical companies. All right. Hmm. Third, the war on drugs sent fathers and mothers to jail, shattering families. Oh, you remember the war on drugs? Uh, And then this is where they spread the blame around. They say that the war on drugs and mass incarceration embraced by both parties, devastating for black Americans. Uh, There was a total... um, the total abandonment of public education, the public education system, which is why people now feel like charter schools are the answer for everything. And charter schools, you know, uh, very often those are not unionized teachers in the charter schools. They have no real protections. They it's it's a totally different deal. And, and one of the agreements that's made when someone decides to become an educator, which is really one of the most important things that we could have in society is the people, the teachers, the people that go out and show other people how to do stuff. I mean, that's, that's right there. That to me, along with your firefighters and your police that sort of keep things from descending into total chaos and everyone's home burning down, you know, keeping people uh, from being total dumbasses is really important as far as I'm concerned, because I mean, I think the dumbasses are who got us where we are now. Uh, And dumbasses uh, and people who really felt like, well, it couldn't possibly get any worse. And then it got worse. So um, there's a a lot to unpack, as they say, as the kids say nowadays, unpack in this article. Um, I suggest you read it, though. Find it if you can. Again, it's called Who Killed the Knapp Family? Type that into your goddamn browser. See what pops back at you. Uh, But this woman talks about these uh, kids that she's lost to these deaths of, quote, despair again. 
Oh, my God. And philanthropy is not the answer, by the way. Some people will go, eh, you know, you should donate more. Well, that's not the answer. All right. Before I run out of road, this other article just made it across my transom here called The Gig Economy is Coming for You. For you. And uh, it goes on to talk about these full-time union hotel workers who are watching, quote, app-based services replace them. Who's next, unquote? Oh, yeah. They won't be happy until we're all in that gig economy, that big gig economy. Imagine all the freedom you're going to have when you don't have to answer to somebody and you get to freelance and set your own hours and set your own rates. It's going to be so much better. In this article, and uh, I'll spend a little bit of time on this. So I also want to say a couple of more things before we run out of road. The number here again is 760-422-5528. 760-422-5528. Be the, be the person who picks up the phone and says, Chris, what's with the new logo? Why did you, why did you do that? Why did you feel the need for a new logo? And, and why is it orange and blue? That wasn't the last one orange and blue? Yes, but they were a different orange and blue. So there is my response to you. This is the HoundNYC.com new Hound Howls on uh, Sunday at 3 p.m. and then crashing the party. Mark and Miriam in the doo-wop chop shop of the year. So if you want to know about this case, just press one. Thank you. This call is from the Department of Social Security Administration. Social Security Administration. The reason you have received this phone call from our department is to inform you that you're just sending social security numbers because we found some suspicious So if you want to know about this case, just press one. Thank you. All right, oh yeah, oh, we got about seven minutes left in the program. Chris T here on thehoundnyc.com with the program called Aerial View. And um, where did we go today? Let's recount. Let's 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 just review for just a minute. Let's just pack up for just a minute. Did I thank Jimmy Page? Yes, I think I did. Because again, I can draw a straight line back. And if you find me on Facebook. Uh, where I use my name. Friend me and you can read all about it. Or I think I even made it public. But essentially, when I decided after hearing Led Zeppelin that I wanted to learn how to play guitar, I picked up a guitar at the junior high school and, and kind of learned how to play and then was in a cover band and then was in another band, a punk rock band, a hardcore band, and then while I was playing in that band, I met this guy from another band, and yada, yada, yada. Next thing you know, I'm moving out to New Jersey to rent a room from this guy who used to play in this band because he had gotten a divorce and was looking for uh, someone to split the mortgage on his house. 
in Tenafly, New Jersey, and I said, okay, sure. And I had conveniently been rear-ended by a checker cab in Jackson Heights, Queens, and so I had some money, and I took that little bit of money, and I bought a stereo, and I moved to New Jersey. That's what you used to call it, a stereo. What's the matter? Speak is too loud for you. Is that what's bothering you, Funky? So then uh, I met this other guy one night, the dude that was in the band and me. We went down the Hoboken and we met this guy, cartoonist guy. And he said, hey, I'm on the radio. And you want to come be on the radio with me? And I said, sure. And next thing you know, I was on the radio. And then he left and I stuck around. And I was on the radio for 30 years there at the Freeform station. And then next thing you know, I was working in professional radio before too much longer. Professional radio, cutting reel-to-reel tape with razor blades, using China markers to edit stuff. Oh, that was something. What a lot of fun. Learned. I learned on the job. I still learned. And then opportunity came a-knocking. And I said, yeah? And opportunity said, hey, how would you like to come do some professional talk radio? And I said, okay. Next thing you know, went off on the radio for 12 years. Three of them were good. And now here I am. Here you can find me every Friday, 6 p.m. Oh, and by the way, if not for that radio station, I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have made some wonderful friends, met some wonderful people, and had some wonderful time. So, uh... All of that, because after I heard... Jimmy Page, play guitar. I wanted to learn how to play guitar. And then it all followed. And it's fun to look back, and it's good to look back sometimes. So you look back and you go, okay, well, Doom wasn't back there. That was just possibility, and anything could have happened. But up ahead, what is that I see? What is that cloaked figure in the road? What is that figure in black? <laughs> Could it be the black dog? <laughs> I just had a real screaming Lord Such moment. I apologize for that as well. I'm going to go out with something by the, uh, from the Nihilistics. The old band. My old band. This is from, uh, 1984 on stage at CBGB's. This is a soundboard recording I found on a cassette years ago and I digitized it. I said, okay, let me see what that sounds like. And I even said, hey, Ron, you know, Ron, you should put this out. Put this out. And he did. And he called it. I don't even want to say what he called it. He called it something horrifying and then put a horrifying picture on the cover because that's, that's Ron. Anything for a laugh with that guy. 
I apologize if this recording isn't that great, but, you know, what are you going to do? And I'll see you next week here on Aerial View. This is what's called working class. We're the working class. The ones they save for last. If no one ever hears your voice, remember, it was your own choice. found some suspicious activity. So if you want to know about this case, just press 1 thank you. This call is from the Department of Social Security Administration.
The reason you have received this phone call from our department is to inform you that we just suspend your social security number because we found some suspicious activity. So if you want to know about this case, just press one thank you. Number because we found